0: There shall be joy before the angels of God upon one sinner doing penance. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In a certain way, that saying of our Lord in today's Gospel, after he gave the parable of the 99 sheep that were not lost, and the shepherd who goes after the one, one sheep that is lost, and also the woman that has many drachmas, which is basically a coin, but she loses one and searches for it diligently. It may seem strange, I would think, that the angels of God would be happy at the notion of a sinner doing penance and the fact that, well, for a sinner to do penance, well, they would have had to sin. And of course, but it's not the fact that someone sinned against God that the angels rejoice, but the fact that that sinner who was turned away from God, turns back to God and towards eternal life. And so that would bring about the rejoicing of the angels, knowing that one that was lost, well, now is recovered and found. And we see that God understands that in our human nature, which is very much weakened by original sin, that we are not exactly stable. Once we make a decision, well, we can change our minds. We may go back on our decision. We may have made a commitment to do something and then not follow through or we might have developed a bad habit and then decide that we want to break it and then work diligently towards it. We're not like the angels, because for the angels, once they have made a decision, they are forever confirmed in it. In other words, once they make up their minds, they can never change their minds. Whereas for us, in our human nature, where we make up our minds and then we change it, we may change it back again. And so knowing this weakness of human nature, where you see the great love and mercy of our Lord in His most sacred heart, that of course He always strives to give us the graces that we need so as to convert back to Him. And even the graces to persevere in His service, knowing that we're weak and we easily vacillate From doing the good that we ought or avoiding the evil that we know we must avoid. And that is what he was basically teaching in this parable towards the Pharisees and the scribes of the the one lost sheep, that God so loves everyone that if one is lost, he will go out and seek after that one lost sheep. And we see that already in the revelation of the means by which God brings about our salvation that he sends his only begotten Son into the world so as to save us from sin. And also we see it in the many examples in sacred scripture and also in the history of the Church where God is patient with sinners. In other words, someone may fall into sin, he doesn't, God doesn't strike them down immediately, but he waits, waits for them to turn back to him. and In the meantime, he sends many graces, Either through how do they say a direct grace towards that soul, like we see in some of the saints, uh, like Saint Mary Magdalene, who had that radical conversion to Christ. <clears throat> we may see it through the workings of divine providence, like in Saint Augustine, who, having fallen from the faith and entered into heresy and in a very uh, how do they say loose life, it was through you know the influence of his mother, the influence of Saint Ambrose. And then finally, that he should happen upon sacred scripture at a certain moment in his life that would trigger or you will bring about his conversion towards God. And so we see that God seeks after that lost sheep, and with that comes a certain patience in that seeking. And of course, giving the opportunities for the sinner to realize their sin, to repent of it, and to turn back to the Lord. And that's something that we should be very thoughtful of today, because today, uh, in today's Gospel passage, our Lord is speaking to the Pharisees, who were, how do you say, the religious leaders of the time, and they had a certain, well, I mean, were, many of them were very prideful, and they looked down upon others because, well, they kept the law to the best, how do they say, in their mind's eye to the best degree. But it's this parable also reminds us that we also are, at some point in our lives, or even a lot of times, the lost sheep, that we are sinners and that we need to hear the voice of our Lord and return to him, and not to be puffed up with pride. That's, pride is the thing that destroys everything. It's what brought the angels that God created good and glorious to become demons. It was that sin of pride and, we, and it was the sin of pride of our first parents that brought about the original sin and the entering of death into this world. And that's why in the Epistle lesson for today, St. Peter uh, reminds us, saying, Be you humble under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in the time of visitation. In other words, we must do war against our pride and grow in humility following the example of our Lord, who is also humble, becoming a man for our salvation, suffering uh, and dying upon the cross, being insulted and reviled during that time for our salvation. But also reminds us that well, with humility we empty ourselves of our self-love and our self-exaltation. And when we do that, when well, we bring it about, that there's more room for divine grace to work in our souls. That's why Our Lady says in the Magnificat that the humble he exalts, but the haughty or the proud, arrogant, he casts down. And so by humility, well, we'll receive a greater abundance of graces and also pride will impede the working of that grace in our souls. Which is also why at the same time, St. Peter reminds us that we have to be sober and watch because our adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And so we have to be ever vigilant about this vice of pride. It can creep in at any time. It can spoil all our works. And so each time, especially when we do our nightly examination of conscience, and we we may think about whatever good works we have done, we may ask ourselves, was there any pride in there? Was I trying to get the esteem of others by whatever good work I did? Was I trying to, how do I say, flatter myself, you know, and being like, well, I'm the most devout or I'm the most, uh, how do I say, hardcore uh, Catholic or something of that sort, or am I really doing it so as to be pleasing to God? We'll probably see in many of our actions that it's not going to be a hundred percent one way or the other we may have you know good intentions in what we do but there's still some elements of pride that creep in and so we have to implore our lord to help us to purify all the more our good works so that they not be spoiled by pride but preserved and how they say exalted through humility and so especially in our days we see a lot of pride and we see a lot of arrogance Um, we have cultural marxism that's basically taking over our country which is all the more reason that we need to pray but at the heart of marxism there is that arrogance or pride because it's basically saying that well unless everybody is like me well then they are to be cast out and when we look at history where marxism has taken over it's always led towards uh, basically anyone who dissents from the official thought, well, that they're taken away, they're eliminated in some way, first off maybe by ostracization, by ridicule, sometimes even by, how they say, taking them off to re-education camps as we see exist in China, even to this day, or to the gulags as existed in the Soviet Union, or even just simply to execute those persons. And so, to fight that, well, of course, it doesn't help if we use the same prideful or revolutionary mentality. We, don't, we can't, how they say, fight darkness with darkness, but we need to fight it with light, as a wise man once said. And so we must strive to be humble and to know and put our confidence in God, who of course, out of all things, can bring good even in our trials and tribulations that we're experiencing in our day and in our world today god can bring a big greater good from that but we have to pray for it we have to love him with our hearts sincerely and strive with humility that he help us with his divine grace now of course as i mentioned before it is out of the mercy and love of our lord's most sacred heart that he seeks after the lost sheep we ourselves who are sinners also the others who we see in our world are in need of prayers and we should pray for them that they hear the voice of christ the good shepherd that they repent and turn back to him but we should also seek to know and understand our lord's heart all the more to make our hearts more like his heart that is to love god supremely above all things to love our neighbor as ourselves and our neighbor includes everybody regardless of how say, what background they have, what ideas they have in their head, or even what things they may have done to us. Our Lord even calls us to love our enemies as ourselves. And so to love them, which means wanting what is good for them, just as we would want the good for ourselves, it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to agree with them, because if their ideas are wrong, well, it's not a good thing to agree with them. It doesn't bring about... Any goodness for themselves or happiness, or to confirm them in sin, since sin is what brings down a person and even to eternal damnation, and so we would not want that for another. So, to love means also that we desire and want also what would be good for ourselves, for our neighbor. And of course, if we were in sin, well, then we would want conversion. We would want to be able to come back to God, to repent and, of course, to amend our lives. And so we should also want that for poor sinners around us, to want their conversion. Also, knowing that our Lord's most sacred heart wants their conversion because if it's because of that that He seeks after the lost sheep. And, of course, by growing to be all the more united to our Lord's most sacred heart, to imitate Him in His humility, to learn from Him who is meek and humble of heart how to be so likewise in our own hearts, And by that, to grow in grace, to grow in holiness, and, of course, to reach eternal life. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.